This is the One Verse Podcast, where we liberate scripture from religion, one verse at a time. Well, hello there, my friends. This is Jeremy Myers, back from my summer. I was a little sporadic with my One Verse podcast recordings over the summer. I do apologize for that. Hopefully now that fall is here, September is here, we'll be able to get back into a bit of a regular schedule. And for those of you in my discipleship group, hopefully I will be able to start adding some more lessons and some live video chats as well, the way you're all used to. By the way, if you are not part of the online discipleship group, And as you sort of gear up, your kids go off to school, or you're starting to teach a new Bible study series or sermon series at your church or Bible study, something like that, you're looking for some good content, I highly recommend you join. I invite you to join my online discipleship group. There's lots of different courses and lessons and books and all sorts of resources there that are available to you. And the people who are doing these studies find them greatly beneficial for understanding what God is like and what he's not like, and understanding some difficult and tricky passages from the Bible, like the one we're going to talk about today, 1 John 3.14. And so if you're looking for some good theology, some good teachings to pass on to other people, then join my discipleship group. Just go to redeeminggod.com join to learn more. You see the benefits. And there is a little bit of cost there involved. That's just sort of help cover my cost in trying to run the discipleship group as well. There's also a private forum where you can ask questions, get to know other members of the group. There's a private Facebook group that's part of that. And you get free ebooks, free audiobooks, along with all of the free courses as well, which is currently valued at over $1,000. So anyway, just go to redeeminggod.com join to learn more. I can't wait to see you there. All right, let's dive in then to our study of 1 John 3.14. The verse says this, We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. All right, what does that mean? (laughs) If you're like me, you probably heard some pastors and teachers, maybe some Christians, you maybe even sat through some Bible studies, where you were told that if you don't love other Christians, that means you don't have eternal life. After all, 1 John 3.14 says, We know we pass from death to life because we love the brethren, because we love other Christians, right? And if you don't love your brother, then you abide in death. 1 John 3.14 says that. Therefore, that means if you don't love other Christians, that must mean you are still under condemnation. You do not have eternal life. Well, is that what John meant when he wrote 1 John 3.14? And if that's true, let me ask you this follow-up question. If it's true, then in order to know that you have eternal life, or in order to have eternal life, you need to love other Christians. If that's true, then how can eternal life be received by faith alone in Jesus Christ alone? How can it be by grace alone and not by works, right? Because loving other Christians is a work, isn't it? Not just the feeling of love, but also the action of love. And so if you have to perform loving actions for other Christians in order to have eternal life or know that you have eternal life, 
then aren't you making good works a condition for receiving eternal life? And doesn't that contradict so many other passages in the Bible, even the very promises of Jesus in the Gospel of John themselves, all over the place? John 3.16, 5.24, Anyone who believes in me, Jesus says, has everlasting life. Did Jesus mean that or did he not? I believe he did. (laughs) And so if that's the case, then why does John say here in 1 John 3.14, that we know we pass from death to life because we love the brethren. And if we don't do that, then we still abide in death. What does John mean? All right, the key, one of the keys to understanding 1 John 3.14 is to understand the overall theme of 1 John, this first letter of John. And John tells us right at the beginning of his letter why he's writing the letter. He basically says, or he doesn't basically, I'm quoting this from 1 John 1.3, basically says that he has fellowship with God, and he wants his readers to have fellowship with God as well. How? By having fellowship with him. And when they have fellowship with God and with him, then they will also have fellowship with one another. All right, so the theme of 1 John, this letter, is how to have fellowship, not only with God, not only with John and the apostles, but also with one another. The theme of 1 John is fellowship, friendship, getting along, all right? And and again, a lot of people get confused on what fellowship is. They think that fellowship is like a relationship, but it isn't. Again, in my Gospel Dictionary online course, one of the words we look at is this word fellowship. And in that lesson, I point out to you that you can have a relationship with somebody while not having fellowship. All right? So if you have a child who is very disobedient and rebellious, and they are estranged from you, and uh, when they went off to college or something, they decided to turn their back on their family. It's a very tragic situation. I hope that that has not happened to you, and if it has, I, I, um, I'm very sorry about that, that, that terrible situation. Uh, but in that situation, notice that you still are in a relationship with your child. They are still your child. You are still their parent. What you don't have is fellowship with them. You're not hanging out together, talking on the phone, sending emails, finding out about each other's life, providing input and help and advice about each other's life. All right, so you still have the father or mother and child relationship, right? But there's no fellowship. And it's the same thing with Christians, for example. All Christians are related as children of God. That is, we are, we are in a relationship with each other as children of God. But not all Christians have fellowship with each other. <laughs> uh, maybe that's because it's very difficult to have fellowship with people who are on the other side of the world. But also, maybe sometimes Christians just don't get along. <laughs> right? If you attend a church on Sunday morning, maybe there are people you just don't like to talk to on Sunday morning. So you sit on the other side of the congregation from them or something, or you don't talk to them. You might give them a little smile and a nod, you know, one of those Christian uh, painted-on smiles that we sometimes are very good at, but you don't have fellowship. You're in relationship with them because we're all children of God, but you don't have fellowship. You see the difference? John is not writing his letter to tell us how to have a relationship with God. That's what the gospel of John is about. We have a relationship with God. We are born again, born into the family of God. We receive eternal life by believing in Jesus Christ for it. But once we're born again, once we're children of God, that's not the end of the matter. God wants us to go on and have fellowship, friendship with him 
and with one another. So that's what John is writing about in his letter to 1 John, this first letter of John. He's not saying, here's how you can know you have eternal life. Now, he does do that later at the near the end of the book, uh, verses uh, chapter 5, verses 11 to 13. But the main point of this letter is how to have fellowship with God and with each other. And that's how he starts off the letter right here at the beginning. And this is very, very important because that helps us understand 1 John 3.14. 1 John 3.14 is about fellowship, not relationship. All right? When John writes 1 John 3.14, he says, We know we pass from death to life because we love our brethren. Okay, this idea of loving our brethren is about fellowship, getting along with each other, enjoying each other's company, hanging out with each other. Right? We know we have fellowship with God and with one another because we love our brethren. That's what this theme of passing from death to life means. Now, again, there's this word abiding, uh, and this also is uh, uh, an important concept in the Gospel of John and in this first letter of John, and it means remaining. By the way, also, I look at the word abide in my Gospel dictionary, what it means, and several key texts related to the word abide. Um, But uh, the word abide means to remain or continually dwell. And so John is saying here that anyone who does not love his brother abides in death. It doesn't mean they don't have eternal life. It means they are remaining or continually dwelling, continuing to dwell in the realm of death. Now, what does that mean? (laughs) We all think we know what death is. It's when the body stops living, right? But Scripture uses death in a very symbolic, important, and metaphorical way. And and John does this as well all over the place, as does Jesus and and Paul and uh, many other biblical authors. Death does not just refer to that time when our body, you know, the heart in our body stops pumping and our lungs stop breathing and our brain stops functioning, okay? That's not the only form of death. Uh, Scripture tells us that we often walk around in the realm of death. This world is ruled and governed by the principles of death. Right, again, not, not to, to, to keep tooting the same horn here, but a death also is a very, very important word in Scripture. Another one I look at in my Gospel Dictionary online course. You see how there's so many key words in 1 John 3.14. You need to understand all of them in order to properly understand what is being said here. But basically, you can understand what death is going all the way back and looking at uh, Genesis uh, 2 and Genesis 3 and Genesis 4 and Genesis 5, which I did, by the way, in the very early episodes of this One Verse podcast. We studied through those opening chapters of the Bible in a very careful and detailed uh, verse-by-verse way. And you might remember, if you listen to those episodes, that the first death in Scripture is when Cain murders his brother Abel. And that is the primary form of death that Scripture is concerned with. It's this violence of human against human, right? This is fratricide, when a brother murders his brother. And all forms of violence, all forms of murder and war are forms of fratricide because we are all part of the human family, right? And that's one of the things that that Genesis, that Moses is teaching us in Genesis. And John is drawing on that same theme here, and also based on what Jesus says about any anybody who hates his brother or calls him a fool, right? Uh, it, it's basically the same as murder. It's the same idea showing up all over the place in Scripture. 
John says here, look, if you hate your brother, if you do not love your brother, then you are abiding, remaining, continuing to dwell in the way that this world operates, which is the realm of death, of hatred and violence and murder. And oh, sure, maybe maybe when you hate your brother, you don't want to murder him. But that's the root, the beginning place, the first step of where murder comes from, murder in your heart. All right. And so John does say, he goes on to say that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. That's, that's uh, verse uh, 15, 1 John 3, 15. But again, it doesn't mean that no Christian can be a murderer, right? There's lots of Christians who have murdered in the past. All right. There's even uh, some Christians who truly are Christians and due to various circumstances in their life, they end up murdering somebody else. John is not saying, oh, that means they aren't really a Christian, can't be a Christian, never were a Christian in the first place. No, notice the word abiding again. It means that when a Christian murders, and it is possible, it's not because they have eternal life abiding in them. It's because they have death, the realm of death, the kingdom of death, the rule and reign of death abiding in them still, which is the way of this world rather than the new way of Jesus and the way of the kingdom of God. All right, so... All of that is to say, when we understand the word abide, when we understand the word death, and when we understand the word fellowship, right, we understand then what 1 John 3.14 is talking about. It's not talking about gaining or keeping eternal life. It's not talking about proving that you have eternal life. Instead, it is about living in the way of life that God wants for you, for his people in general, for his family. Rather than live in the way of death that the people of this world live in, that many of us came out of, that is still prominent in every form that we look at around us, God wants us to live in the way of life, which he's called us to, invited us to, and showed us what it looked like through the life and ministry and teachings of Jesus Christ, even through his death, burial, and resurrection. When he rose from the dead, he didn't retaliate the way many of us would. That would be the way of death abiding in death. Instead, he forgave, he created the church, sent the Holy Spirit. Okay? That also is how we are supposed to live when we are abiding, remaining in life. So look, do you want to know that you are living in God's way of life? Here's what we can know from 1 John 3.14. It's not about how to know whether or not you have eternal life. It is about how to know whether or not you are abiding in God's way of life. How? John says, Well, look, do you love your brethren, your brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ? If so, then yes, you are abiding in God's way of life. But if you don't, if you hate your brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, then you are continuing to live according to the old way, the fleshly way, the way of sin and death and violence. That's the truth of 1 John 3.14. I hope you... That helps you understand what this text is and is not saying. Don't let anybody say that if you hate other Christians, that means you don't have eternal life. No, you got some other problems, but you very well may have eternal life if you have believed in Jesus for it. And based on that belief, based on the knowledge that you are part of the family of God, John calls you to a different way of living. A way of love rather than hatred and death and violence. So look, if you have other questions about this, you can either leave me a comment on this 
post on my blog. Just go to, just search for First John 314 at my blog or something like that, and you can ask me a question there. Also reach out to me, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Or better yet, join my online discipleship group. You can ask me a question in the private Facebook group or in our private discipleship group forum, which is at redeeminggod.com as well. So, and if you're not part of the group, just consider it for this coming year. Join us for the next nine months or a year. Take the courses, learn, and teach it to others as well. You can get all the information by going to redeeminggod.com slash join. I hope to see you there, and we'll see you next week when we're going to be studying Revelation uh, 20. I can't remember the verse now, but where it talks about the second death. What is the second death, and how is it related to the lake of fire? and those sorts of questions. I'm writing a book on hell, so this is an important topic that I've been studying recently as well, and I want to talk about it next week in our podcast episode of that text. See you then. See you then.